Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. but it's not as simple as that. This week, we're talking about the world of self-help and life advice. And breathe in, and breathe out. My name is Sam Wolfson. I'll be here guiding you through proceedings and hopefully guiding you through the rest of your life. Today on the show, we're talking about the advice that we've been given, that we've tried to implement And when it's turned out to be, breathe in, a massive clusterfuck, and breathe out. These are the things that you might see in a magazine, in a self-help book, that your parents might tell you could be a diet or a morning routine, some kind of meditation. And today we're going to talk about the very shittest examples of those bits of life advice. And breathe in. Okay, and just calmly exhale. So there's quite a lot at stake today, all to play for, as whichever self-help bit of advice we deem to be the worst, I, me, Sam Wolfson, Sensei, will then have to end up doing. Okay, so now let's meet the contestants and breathe in. My name is Sharon, and the worst piece of advice that I've ever been given is to never complain and never explain. Hi, my name is Zing, and the worst piece of self-help advice I've ever been given is to never go to bed on an argument. Hi, my name is Emma, and the worst piece of self-help advice I've ever been given is to keep a mood diary.
Emma, you've said that the bit of bad advice you repeatedly get given is to keep a mood journal. What exactly is that? It's essentially a journal and it's basically just meant to capture whatever mood you're in at a particular moment where you're having a very extreme mood mm. so that you can you have some sort of like chart identifying highs and lows. And what's happened in the past when you've tried to do that? Normally I just go to write something, explode with rage, rip the book up and put it in the bin. Right. <laughs> so the diary part of it relies on you being calm. Yeah. And when you're not calm. Yeah, it's... the whole po- yeah, the whole point is to like identify this really insane mood that you're in and try and figure out retrospectively why it's happened Mm. but if you're in that moment i find it really hard to identify what's wrong or like what i'm actually feeling right when you're in hulk mode yeah i can't identify it so i can't even like pick where i am on the spectrum i know that i've had like apps you know like say how you're feeling and then you will make a chart and like a period tracker but for like yeah like a like a boy period tracker yeah (laughs) track your man periods and i'm always like oh yeah that'll be so great because then i'll see like my happiness rising from six to eight over them but actually like as soon as you get into it it's really hard to do that i feel like it just makes me reconsider everything i thought i knew about the way i felt like when i've ever tracked my feelings in an app or a period tracker or whatever i always end up thinking am i actually happy or am i not happy (laughs) what does that even feel like what does that even mean yeah what does it what does happiness feel like exactly yeah (laughs) and then once you try and quantify it you're like actually maybe i am just depressed and miserable the actual process of writing it down makes you (laughs) Did you ever keep like diaries? And I mean, in general, do you find that kind of stuff is helpful? Yeah, I think it's supposed to, it's supposed to help you understand yourself and your own moods better. But I actually don't think it does because all it does is make you put your own stuff into a narrative that's fabricated anyway. I'm always astonished personally by how much I can change, like in a relatively short space of time, like how I can feel so differently about a person or a situation. So although I don't keep a diary, I've always thought that would be really interesting to like go back and have that perspective and look at this day two years ago, everything was so different in my life and like, I had such different friends and my work situation was so different. I think that can be kind of interesting to put things in context and see how far you've come but I'm also like way too lazy to actually do that in real life <laughs> social media is kind of good for that though like yeah. Facebook yeah. I know I'm posting on Facebook anymore so it's all becoming a bit irrelevant but I do actually quite enjoy that so I think social media is kind of taking over a little bit when it comes to like diarising stuff yeah, you can kind definitely. of figure out where you've been at any day of your life from looking at your social media I agree but I worry that in the same way that social media in the in the present presents like this you see like idealized versions of your mates living their best lives that in the past it does the same thing in that you just look back on your photos and they're all your classic memories (laughs) and then so the thing that you get with social media that you don't get with a diary is like a mood diary you do have to write down when you had a really boring day where you didn't get out of bed and you sort of started to the room started to smell like your sweat and then you know like (laughs) and I feel like that is what is being erased from all our lives Mm -hmm. so maybe there's something in like writing down the bad days so you don't forget them or maybe it's better to forget them you never put the good stuff in it you'd be like my life is the worst yeah exactly (laughs) kind of like twitter now actually (laughs) do you all feel as journalists that it's like quite hard to write about yourself in like a non not for consumption kind of way because you're so used to like here's the nut graph like (laughs) i don't know like it's quite hard to get back into the headspace of like just documenting for the sake of documenting i think it's just quite hard to like get into the headspace of writing but you're not going to get paid for it yeah Yeah. (laughs) it just feels like work i know whenever i read one of those self-help books and they're like write two pages about and you're like hang on a second what's the word rate like (laughs) 
Just everyone breathe in. And breathe out. Okay, Zing, what about you? Do you do you go in for this kind of stuff? You're the broadly editor, you're in the world of women's magazines, so there's a lot of this stuff going around. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, self, self-help self has always been, like, a massive part of women's publishing, I think. I've never really personally gone in for it. I think the one piece of advice I was always told was never go to bed in an argument, but it's also advice I'm very bad at following because I'm a very sleepy person when I'm enraged. <laughs> how, um, does that, how does that play out? It basically means, like, if you're having an argument with your significant other you should just hash it out like there and then no matter how long it takes stay up until like 5am screaming at each other but reach some kind of resolution or apology and then go to bed and then you're allowed to like have a sleep right in reality that's basically just not what happens do you know who came up with that bit of advice no a man because i think that's 100 percent how boys like to they like to be like look it's resolved like i just need to put this in the ticked i need to put this into yeah. the tick box yeah i'm up for that advice but i feel like realistically what you learn is that it's never to try and create a fake resolution is is terrible yeah because yeah. i feel like most arguments in relationships aren't even really about the thing you're arguing about it's about something like way deeper or way bigger than just you didn't do the washing up and i hate you i kind of like do agree with that though but just because i'm super morbid and like in my head i whenever like literally when you say that i'm like yeah because like what if you die in your sleep that's like literally how I view the world. Like death is everywhere. Right. So I just assume that the person who came up with that is just also extremely morbid like me and was saying like, yeah, because you don't want to you know, go to bed after having a fight and then wake up and your partner's dead. I mean, maybe if you're like 80 and there's a real chance of someone dying in their sleep. I also, I can't really sleep if I'm like really stressed out and upset about a fight that's happened. So there's no really any point in me even trying to go to bed anyway, because I'll, I'll just be so angry that I'll like wake up and start poking like the other person. Sometimes I've like, gone to bed on arguments and woken up and felt absolutely fine and not angry at all, then got angry at the fact that I'm not angry anymore. <laughs> like you tricked me out of this argument. <laughs> Curse you sleep. There's a very unique feeling when you go to bed at a rage of like sort of eight out of 10. You know, you wake up the next day it's a new day you've met, but sometimes you wake up and the rage is still at eight <laughs> you're like ah! your eyes open and then there it is that's and then that is a bad feeling i can see why you'd want to avoid that where does this advice come from is it a parental thing i don't know where it comes from. i feel like you just get told it's one of those like relationship advice tips you just get told all the time like it just floats around the ether and it's sometimes in women's magazines sometimes from friends sometimes from parents it's one of those things that everyone just ends up soaking up relationships are very susceptible to those kinds of things aren't they because everyone's are so different and they're so far from a kind of normal one that i think particularly when you're like first dating and having relationships like almost everything you think is right comes from like weird bits of advice or the oc i think you learn from like every relationship more and more like how to behave like i think in my last relationship I was super headstrong and I was like, no, I will not take this and like, I will not accept these things and like, this is not acceptable to me because I'm like a super, you know, pulled together woman. And now I'm like, actually, I think you have to really pick your battles, which is something that I never used to do. And that's kind of something that you learn through experience. Like before I would have a fight over every single thing that I perceived to be like the slightest affront to me. Whereas now my default is to not really care too much about shit anymore unless it's really bad. So I think you learn that. Your battles, classic self-help advice. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I also feel like women have sent this message like through the media, which is like, you should not tolerate like anything. Like you shouldn't tolerate anyone disrespecting you. You'd probably be this like strong 
empowered woman. And a lot of the time, I think it can encourage you to like have this really like this mindset where you're like, oh no, this is not acceptable to me, so I'm gonna fight with you about this thing. Whereas actually, it's it's not like a malicious thing that person is doing. It's just who they are. So you're saying feminism's gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> actually we need to stop thinking about deal breakers and start thinking about compromise yeah no i would never say feminism's (laughs) gone too far but i think that me personally i had in my head this vision of like how a strong woman in a relationship should behave and they should take no shit right and actually like we are all covered in shit all of us the whole time and if you never take any shit from someone basically you're just going to be constantly in confrontation with them and so i think you've got to assess like how big the turd is before you kick off yeah a lot of shit analogies in a single. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so everyone breathe in. And breathe out. Okay, so we've heard from Emma about mood diaries. And we've heard from Zing about uh, not going to sleep on an argument. Sharon, what's the worst bit of advice that you've been given? So a big bit of bad advice is never complain, never explain. Which is from everyone, right? Like Johnny Depp said it to Kate Moss or something like that. Like it's a real bit of like classic fashion. Yeah, that's weird. And also Johnny Depp. I'm not going to listen to anything that man says. Yeah. Anyone who's had that much bad plastic surgery is not an advice person that I want to listen to. The never explain thing I'm actually really on board with. Um, but the never complain thing I am fundamentally not on board with because... Like, firstly, I complain about everything and I'm so good at it. Like, I am so, honestly, I She's wanna, very good at it. I don't want to appear immodest, but I am so good at complaining. And also, <laughs> in like, I really like to think in a non-dickish way, but like, uh, like I've gotten like, like refunds for colleagues from businesses that were ghosting them for like over a year. I read this Daily Mail article about the Middleton family and apparently... (laughs) (laughs) All good advice comes from Carrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently the Middleton family have this motto, which is never apologise, never explain. And I remember thinking, wow, that's great advice. for being a princess? (laughs) (laughs) This is how you get to be a princess. You don't explain shit. So basically, I think the never explain thing is like kind of cultivate a sense of mystery about your motives and why you're behaving in a certain Cause way. Because you want to be right. a princess. Because you want to be a princess. <laughs> yeah. Right, and right, who, right, who right. doesn't want to be a princess, if we're being honest? Okay, interesting. What do you guys think about this? Because as I've mentioned on a previous episode of this podcast, I spend a lot of my life apologising for bumping into people. <laughs> and I think for me, if I never apologised, people would just think I'm the worst. Do you bump into people that much? It has been discussed at some length, but yes, constantly and every day that I bump into people so much. And I'm, I mean, there's never, I can't walk from any one place to another without saying sorry at least five times. I feel like there can be an exception for bumping. Okay, great. Yeah. And also I don't fully support this advice because I think that there are some situations in which you have to admit you fucked up and apologise but I think it's actually kind of good to be mindful about how much you're apologising in your day to day life like are you apologising for your very existence? Like, you know people who start phone calls or emails with sorry, and it's like the first word in the email is sorry, and it's like, why are you apologising for emailing me? You're literally just doing your job. Do you use that software that's available? It's a Google Chrome plugin that allows you to remove uh, sorries and, like, uh, perhapses and stuff from your yeah. email to make you more assertive? I had to I get that it. for a while. Really? Yeah, because my... My default is over apologize, over explain. So then I had to <laughs> had to correct it by and then went too far the other way where I was like, I don't know anyone anything <laughs> and then was just really rude. Um so then I had to yeah, it's it's all about finding balance, isn't it? So this you, is why I have yeah. to keep a mood diary. <laughs> 
as a woman, it's really important to like sometimes complain about shit, like complain about how society is treating you, complain about the fact that you get paid less than your like male co-workers, complain about the fact that you have toxic friends that treat you like shit. Like these are all things that you should complain about because internalizing all of these emotions is actually super unhealthy. And there's a way to complain without being a fucking asshole about it. Like obviously never shout at somebody who's just doing their job like don't be rude don't swear but if someone's treated you like shit whether it's like a company or your boss or like your co-worker like you should raise it in a healthy way i actually think that's a good thing to do would you edit this advice then yours explaining no complaining a little bit yeah i would say complain but don't be a dick explain <laughs> but only if it's really necessary and try not to apologise too much. Right, never apologise, never explain. Sometimes explain. Unless you bump into people all the time like you seem to be doing. Okay, so everyone breathe in. And breathe out. In a moment, I'm going to get you three to decide which piece of advice is the worst and then I will try and live by it and make it my life for uh, the next week or so. But I just wanted to ask before, like, obviously there's a lot of these things going around and obviously a lot of people feel like they need to live their life in a, some kind of undefined, better way. Do you think that these kinds of, like, rules and tips and things can be helpful? Isn't it good to analyse your life a little bit more and see where you've been going wrong? Isn't it good to have some kind of, like, rules so that you don't just end up constantly apologizing and complaining and like becoming this kind of you know nag or whatever isn't it good to start each day afresh without the arguments of yesterday like aren't these things kind of useful yes but also <laughs> no <laughs> i think yeah but it's really impossible to live by any sort or, or apply any sort of absolute terms to any everything because then you just it's like sharing was saying you just run up against conflict all the time and you just end up in conflict all the time there's nuance within everything if you just have to stop in the middle of an argument to write down in your mood journal that you're having an argument and how that's making you feel terrible then that's <laughs> the argument before both of you go to bed yeah <laughs> but then also not apologize for it yeah <laughs> imagine that life that's it isn't it that as soon as you apply these well-meaning ideas to your actual life it all starts to crumble and almost any bit of advice is quite easy to follow on a Monday, but extremely hard to follow on a hungover Sunday. Yeah. From going to the gym to not calling your exes back, it all sort of disintegrates after. Uh, <laughs> so all of these things have to, have to struggle in the real world. Let's do one last breath. If we just take a big deep breath in and a breath out. Okay, and then I'm just going to hand it over to you guys to decide which of these fantastic bits of life advice I'm going to have to um, make my own self-help routine. I think the worst is probably mood diary. I would love to see because you I would a mood love diary. to see yeah, some keep a mood diary. <laughs> okay, so you want me to keep a mood diary? Well, how long do I have to do it for? I think you should do it over the bank holiday, so you get the full arc of 
human emotion. So you're very, it probably will begin with you being very optimistic, and then by Monday you'll be a shell of. Okay, that's good. I'm I'm going away for a while, so I'm seeing a lot of friends. I think there'll be a lot of, you know, there'll be lots to talk about. I'll be going through a lot of moods. I'll be having to constantly interrupt, like, family lunches and stuff to go and get my mood diary out. (laughs) Emma, how do I go about this? What's the key to doing a mood diary? Well, as as I mentioned, I rarely get past tearing the page in half and throwing it in the bin. Right. But I would say, first of all, get a completely new book like don't you know write on scraps or like anything that you've got lying around before go oh, and buy be fresh. yeah go and buy a completely new thing because then you'll just associate it with the thing that you use to do this very specific task and it won't get you won't end up writing down like phone numbers or like little doodles well you'll probably doodle on it won't you let's yeah, be fair yeah, yeah. but um, that also means you get to go stationary shopping which is the only good bit of, of the mood diary yeah. it's keeping the stationary business I have, in it. In... Do you know how many Muji pens I have <laughs> because of this thing? <laughs> Just so much stationary. And then do you put like happy faces, sad faces? Try to express the mood in however a way that, like in a way that you can identify it. I remember reading this book where she would, the author had just really really bad depression to like sort of track it she would put dots so the worse it was the more dots she would sort of add to a line and that was sort of a way of doing it without necessarily using words but i think for this you should use words because it's more fun to review words than dots isn't it? and this is like like you say this is advice that is often given out at therapy and yeah. counseling that kind of thing yeah so how do you think i'm going to do it on my mood diary i think you're going to do terribly <laughs> Why? I've got so many moods. I just... Happy, less than happy, very happy. I actually think this could be quite interesting for you, like, as a man, because I don't think men are taught to be very self-reflective at all about the way they think or feel. So mm-hmm. maybe by the end of it, you're just going to look at all your thoughts and be like, oh, my God, I'm shook. I had no idea I was this kind of person, <laughs> but sorry. it's clear to me now that I'm a deep thinker or, conversely, not a very deep thinker. I think with a lot of people, they're taught, like, the point is to sort of, like, under-explain what's going on. So you just get a sort of vague idea, and then from that you can judge what you've been doing or how you've been feeling at the time. But I think in this case, it might be more beneficial to sort of take a very basic mood and try and unpack it some more. Okay, so Sam has now left the room and we can talk freely amongst us women now. Emma, how do you think Sam's going to do with this challenge? I think he's going to fuck it. (laughs) 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 Having known and worked with Sam for many, many years, he just, he'll give up. He won't finish it. That's my prediction. Yeah, I I agree with this. Also, it's the bank holiday, so he's probably going to be getting fucked up. Yeah. Like, is he going to yeah. give a shit about this? I wonder if he'll, like, retrospectively try to fake it, though. And, like, write yeah, down this yeah. shit. <laughs> he is definitely a retrospective faker kind of person, isn't he? Yeah, yeah definitely. He's definitely, he's definitely going to write some, like, random shit in and try and pass it off. Also, I kind of wonder whether Sam has that many moods. He always kind of just seems the same. Like a simple organism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this about... I'm going to be an enormous... Uh, man hater now but i feel like that about most men though they have like one mood and yeah. that's just it they're okay. either like more I... that or a bit less that but it's just the same is it, i feel okay yeah i, I still Fine. Feel okay. I, I genuinely i genuinely think that like it's true men only have like what maybe five moods maximum 
and then <laughs> like a rainbow, just like yeah. And then rainbow. when they feel something really intensely and deeply, then everything like fall completely falls apart, and it's like the end of the world. Like you read like I don't know like literature and books and like whatever and it's like these men are like I've just been dumped oh god let me write like <laughs> let me write the odyssey or something yeah. it's just like just like dude chill out she just wasn't that into you yeah I feel like all the men that I know have like fine lust and anger and I feel like those are the three emotions <laughs> like fine lust anger fine lust anger anger lust fine that's yeah. it and I think like maybe one day out of the year they feel slightly vulnerable, but they don't really know what to do with it. Yes. Anger or lust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like, regardless of whether or not he can actually pull it off, it is just a fucking terrible piece of advice anyway. And like speaking as someone who also has never pulled it off, <laughs> despite trying several times, it's not a very good piece of advice. It's just a waste of time. My conspiracy theory is that it was actually started by the stationery industry. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I reckon I think that's true as well. <laughs> to like make people buy stationery, like nice notebooks and pens and things like that. I mean, it makes sense because print's dying. Mm. They've got to make up the profit somehow. Sam Wolfson's Mood Diary, day one. It's a beautiful day and I feel upbeat and I realise there's things that I was supposed to do yesterday that I haven't done but I'm just not, I'm just not concerned about them. But I guess we'll see throughout the weekend whether the, that comes back to haunt me. can't really see the point in uh, recording that I'm fine but, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe at the end of this it will all make sense. Sam Wolfson's Mood Diary, day two. So I've just been out and about in central London, basically on a snack tour. And snacks make me extremely happy, so I would say I'm in a very good mood. Sam Wolfson's Mood Diary, day three. I'm not feeling good, to be honest, considering uh, previous attempts. It's just I'm going away for a long time tomorrow, and I think it's quite tough. Sam Wolfson's Mood Diary, bonus edition. Yeah, I mean, similarly to my last entry, feel uh, feel not great, and I can really sympathise with Emma Garland. Yeah, sorry to end on a down note, but um, thumbs down, and also thumbs down to Mood Diaries. That's it. Thank you very much to our contestants, Zing, Emma and Shirin. Emma, I can kind of sympathise with what it's like to keep a mood diary now. Yeah, but it's not as simple as that. It was produced by Sam Bonham from Rethink Audio. We'll be back next week. We've got all the old episodes on iTunes. You can listen and breathe in. Breathe out. My name is Sam Wolfson. We'll see you next time.